Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. You're listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. This is Paul Hawksby. And Andy Jacobs. And this is the H&J Daily with some of the best bits of this afternoon show. We were joined in the studio by Azim Rafiq today, the former Yorkshire cricketer who appeared in front of the DCMS committee uh, yesterday and spoke very movingly about his experiences of racism at the club. Um, and it's been 24 hours since his appearance and we followed up on that today. He had some very interesting stuff to say. Uh, we were joined by actors Dan Skinner and Simon Lipkin. They're appearing in Brian and Roger, a highly offensive that play. That does sound funny, actually. It does, yeah, yeah. Of the podcast, you may have heard of that. We had a bit of a chat. Yes. Um, and here it all is. Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, Andy. Good afternoon, Paul. Obviously, we're gonna, this show's going to take a serious turn, but I thought I'd start with a bit of my usual, light frothy bit nonsense. Of froth? Yeah, go on then. Go, give us a bit of froth. <laughs> and uh, the Beano, did you see this? They're bringing out, it's a very nice idea, actually. Mm. They're bringing out a sort of sports edition honouring Britain's young sporting stars. Yeah. And uh, one of those, of course, is Emma Raducanu. And uh, Eddie Jones isn't happy. He's I don't want to hang around with that Dennis the Menace. <laughs> <laughs> there was a period when the, the Beano maybe felt the need they couldn't have. I don't think they could have the names of the real actors, wouldn't they? You know, when yeah. I was a kid. I remember once coming to Bash Street was the famous Hollywood actor Clant Westwood. <laughs> it's a bit, I don't quite know why they did oh, that. Oh, I love Clant Westwood. Yeah, Clant Westwood was fantastic. I don't know who they were getting at there. Um, but uh, they've used all the real names. These oh, are the yes. real people. And, uh, Tom Daly and his partner there. Yeah. Yeah, Matty Lee there in there. It looks fun, actually. Oh, so a nice idea. And Emma is uh, due to play a... Oh, Emma, Emma now, well, you know... That familiar. We're, we're friends. Uh, Emma Raducanu, she's due to play a one-set exhibition at the Albert Hall on Sunday. It's been all over in about 20 minutes. I hope there's something else going on, they're wrestling or something. <laughs> it's a good game. <laughs> it a I can't imagine having idea. wrestling on around it. No, I don't think two so. Two falls, two submissions. <laughs> or, yeah, just, so just a one-set goodbye to the British. She's given the people what they want. Yeah, the British, why not? Uh, a British audience a chance to see her in the flesh, that's right. And I don't know if you... Uh, you're probably aware of the Pirelli calendar, the famous... Well, I, I may be slightly aware of it, yes, and, and, it, and its contents. I imagine it's, it's quite different these days to the way it used to be. Yes, I mean, I if you've ever taken is. your car into a garage <laughs> and the bloke goes up to the calendar and he's going, well, let's see if I can do it Wednesday. You think, oh, OK, fair enough, I'm with you, a Pirelli calendar. Yeah, it's always got... I don't think I've ever seen a Pirelli calendar that hasn't got uh, engine or thumbprints on it. <laughs> they must. They probably still come with that. Yeah, absolutely. They? Well, there's a new one out that's uh, basically the Carp Girls calendar. And Carp it's a, Girls? Carp Girls. It's a bit like the Pirelli calendar. I'm not joking. Except it's like beautiful women with carp. It's aimed at anglers. So they're, oh, nice. sort of, they're scantily. They're not, it's not new. They're scantily dressed, but with carp. 
Good. So I thought if you okay, can well, we'll get one we'll for Nigel, we'll look, yeah, we'll look out, look out so for that. Really enjoyed that. Oh, yeah, I mean, the studio wall. Well, you, we, you were bemoaning probably more than me a mm. bit. The, the 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 reason about the toss being so important in the T Twenty World Cup, and Timothy Kett from Cardiff wrote to the Telegraph. <laughs> Did he really? Okay. So see what you make of this system, yeah. sir. He said, instead of tossing a coin, the two captains should each bid for the right to field or bat first. If Team A bids ten runs and Team B twelve then Team B can choose what to do first, but Team A will start on 12 uh, for naught. The right level of bid to keep things in balance Not will complicated. soon be found. So that's a touch, you know. Yeah. We want to bat Or first. have pitches that encourage yeah. both and don't, the tosses are so important. back to head starts. There's, we're a, about there's yesterday. a T20 international today. New Zealand are playing. one thirty. India are playing New Zealand in Jaipur. And uh, thank goodness it's been at least three days since the World Cup. Yeah. So we went from really the IPL is. straight into the World Cup. Now we've got another one. It's like the flat racing season. It is, yeah, yeah. It's the honestly, the one day off. a rest, really. And um, did you see, uh, obviously, Monday, uh, the England game? I'm sure you saw it. Yes. There was one moment there, I don't know if you talked about this yesterday, but on the VAR decision for the penalty, mm. I've never seen a referee like He seemed, like, hypnotised. <laughs> I watched it, actually, yeah. by the rocking and rolling. I counted it. Nine times yes. he looked at it. Yeah. I actually counted The handball. Yeah. yeah. Nine times. I mean, if you have to look nine times, it's surely... The, I mean, yeah. the bloke was unlucky, wasn't he? He was just pulling his hand out of the way, touched in, his head, in, in an unnatural position. The but. first time the, the football coverage attempted to be uh, humourable, as our old mate Stuart Pearce would put it, um, they did a thing on oh, yeah, the 1970 right. <laughs> or 74 World Cup to the tune Gimme Dat Ding. He was the staple of the big yes. match, wasn't it, and Brian Basically, Moore. that's what they did. They they rock and rolled over some football footage. Oh, it was funny, of a play, wasn't it? Uh, oh, it was funny. The sort of thing we get used to all the time, <laughs> but with the tune... Gimme dat ding. Yeah. Look it up, kids. Um, over it. And that was it. That that pass four. That was pre sort of fantasy football mm. and uh, league of their own and soccer AM. That's that that was the cutting edge. And they used to cut back Paddy Crear and and the Doog, oh, and Big Mouth. They're being bits. Being yeah, bits well, just it was, it was for new. something with something which is now basically VAR. <laughs> <laughs> VAR coverage. It's, yeah. The uh, the Duke of Kent yesterday visited uh, Belgium. I like to keep an eye on him. What he's up to. Yeah. And uh, he went to to uh, basically attend a service of remembrance. Actually, though, if he thought he was going for a chat with Kim Clijsters. Yeah. He's quite right, disappointed when he got there. Bringing it back to the, <laughs> yeah, bringing tennis. it back to. The, I love the fact you're always looking at what he's up to, so you can bring it, bring <coughs> Absolutely. it back to tennis. A very funny tweet from our old friend Andy Smart at half time yesterday. Did you see it on? The, yes, Farnborough in the uh, a cup competition. I don't they? know what competition it was, but he says four 0 down at half time on our glorious leaders' tenth anniversary. <laughs> Tremendous grim. It's the way it? he would have wanted to mark it, yeah, of course. Dear. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. 
Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Did you see the darts last night? No, I didn't. We were talk- We spoke to Keith Deli yesterday about the rise and rise of Fallon Sherrick, and uh, he was saying she needed a 5-3 win to, you know, to to move on to the next stage of the Grand Slam. And so, which is a fantastic thing. Mm. And uh, she got the 5-3 win, but she was 3-1 down. And uh, she, in her last uh, winning throw was um, 170. Treble 20, treble 20, bullseye. What a way to finish. Impressive. Sensational. Yeah, I watched yeah. the end of it just after the, yeah, the Wales yeah. game. So, well done. well done to her. She is, she is a star. And congratulations to Tyler Phillips, 21, okay. who uh, basically broke a record when he, uh, he's a pogo jumper and he smashed a world record when he bounced over five black cabs. So it's sort of kind of evil Knievel of the pogo stick. Yeah, but that is amazing. Yeah. I mean, was, it, was that just one leap and then he went over five cabs or uh, did he pogo between cabs five times? I did not see it. As <laughs> okay. said. I wasn't actually we, there. We better find the film. That is, uh, that is quite amazing. That is incredible. There was a story in, uh, I mean, we're going to be talking about cricket and, and mm. some of the stories around it with Zim Rafiq very shortly of course and the troubling testimony yesterday but cricket doesn't help itself sometimes this isn't strictly cricket's fault but Charlie White's column in the uh, t- Sun today was recalling the last time Gareth Southgate uh, the England coach was in Rimini mm. as when he was working on TV as a TV pundit and there was a game of beach cricket between uh, the media um and uh, I think I think no, it was split. It was a split media game between state schools and former public and grammar school pupils. <laughs> why, why would you do that? It's like Fred Truman was railing against <laughs> gentlemen, gentlemen v players about nineteen forty odd. So Chronic. that was quite bizarre. What a strange way to sort the teams out. You know, shirts and skins. If you're on the beach, you would have thought. <laughs> Not, uh, not not public ideal. scorn. Yeah, and we've talked about the Beckham effect on products. You know, basically, as soon as they like something, it, it just goes mad. Mm. Well, the Queen has a similar thing actually. The uh, the spirit or the aperitif du bonnet is selling out at supermarkets across the country. Wow. Say Tesco and ASDA after the Queen gave her a royal seal of approval. Really? Yeah. So she she likes a little glass of du bonnet, does oh, she? Yeah, well, and again, yes, I think uh, with gin. Oh. I don't know, I might be... <laughs> I'm not just, sure. I might just, made that up. You just slung the gin in there, <laughs> apropos of nothing. What about that? And uh, I do love these letters in the in the sun that add nothing. I call it the add nothing letter. Well, it's basically a report. Yes. And uh, Graham Carr wrote this about Lewis Hamilton. He said, Lewis Hamilton has once again proved he's the greatest ever F1 driver. He won the Sao Paulo Grand Prix from 10th on the grid, despite an attempt by... Ma- yes, we know, we it's, saw it. it was we in all the papers, mate. Us. In all God, of the papers. Point. Yes. Really, no point whatsoever. And uh, also, if you're trying, if you like uh, getting your supermarket stuff delivered, oh yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, if you're a Tesco customer, you, you could be in trouble. But, oh right, uh, okay. Because uh, a shopper who tried to order a Christmas delivery was stunned to learn he was at one hundred eighty-two thousand two hundred twentieth in the queue. <laughs> oh, just go to the shop. 
Well, well not everybody else. can just go to the well, shop, well, Andy. People have issues with me and they can't get to the shop. Should've so imagine be. getting into that particular... Have you seen the amount of football that's going to be going on in December? We've got a, 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 a sort of Thursday fest in the Premier League. Mm. Um, just going by the games that my team uh, have got, we... Um, Thursday, the 2nd of December, it's uh, Brentford at home. Then the uh, the 9th, there is a, a com- Euro conference game. Then on the 16th, it's uh, Leicester at the King Power. Not the next five games. Next five games. <laughs> and then it's uh, West Ham in the Carabao Cup. Home. So I uh, just hope uh, Michael Antonio hasn't got his shooting boots on. Did you see the goal he scored for... Jamaica against the USA. No, I didn't see that. Oh, it, was a good one. it was right. I yeah, did enjoy the uh, Cardiff thirty-yard screamer into the top corner. He's a good player. Yeah. The roar at Cardiff when Kiefer Moore scored yesterday was tremendous. Although yeah. I did think the Belgian defending on the goal was incredible. I've never seen Teat play before, but I had, had a feeling that he might be left-footed. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that was right. When he yeah, what a terrible actually the goal, amazing. Right at the end, Kiefer Moore was fouled. He, he drew mm. a foul, as they say, with like thirty seconds of the game left. They had six minutes of injury time, and that got as big a cheer of. As his goal. No, it's amazing. Yeah, yeah. Home advantage will be something. Yeah, question, for Scotland so. as well, because the atmosphere yeah. at Hamden the other night was fantastic. So it will be tremendous. We had three teams uh, at the finals, but they are up against it. As Kev was saying, you know, you've got Czech Republic there, Poland are decent. You know, there's some good signs mm. in there. So it's, it's going to be tough, isn't it? It is. It's going to be difficult, no question. And, uh, and I see that uh, Robertson is out for Liverpool uh, on the weekend against mm. Arsenal. And Liverpool's injuries are sort of mounting up, typically in time to play <laughs> Arsenal. It's fantastic, isn't it? <laughs> is that the conspiracy theory? That's my it? conspiracy theory. Who have you got? You got who you got the weekend? You've got Leicester and the dreaded twelve thirty kickoff. Although last time we had a twelve thirty kickoff, we did in fact win seven nil. Oh, uh, that was against oh, Norwich. Norwich. You, can't, you can't be calling it dreaded, then, can you? <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. Leicester away, that's always a tricky fixture, and uh, we'll see what happens. You know, we got that game, of course, yeah. 12.30. Nice. Clive Tildesley and Dean Ashton uh, commentating on that one. Then we got uh, 3 o'clock on Saturday. Uh, we've got uh, Villa v Brighton uh, for you. Uh, Adrian will be at Watford, Manchester United, but uh, we'll bring you commentary on that one. And uh, then we got Liverpool Arsenal five thirty on Saturday evening mm. with uh, yeah Mickey Gray and Sam Matterface. So some cracking games for you this weekend. You're looking forward to it being back, are you? Oh yeah, Come on. yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, it's it's not been a bad qualifying tournament. You know, it's, it's been quite interesting. But they, that was unedifying, wasn't it? Ten nil. Yeah. Who needs that really? You know, you you felt for San Marino. I mean, one good thing is that they didn't kick England off the park. Often when teams are you know getting a trouncing like that they actually do sort of resort to a bit of violence and a bit of frustration but they yeah, didn't which I was good they could get close enough to no, the they players couldn't. they absolutely the couldn't Paul Watson was on yesterday who's managed kind of small nations he could manage San Marino he, could, yeah. he was making the point that you know it is an opportunity that all the small nations would say they would rather play those teams than be in pre-qualifying but uh, yeah of course they would they'd rather play England but you know What's the point, really? Okay. Uh, England could only beat what, the, what they've beaten. I'm sure somebody will write a letter in about it and say how wonderful it was that England won 10 nil. Yes. <laughs> it's marvellous. And did you see that Mr Kipling, the uh, the cake people... OK. It's not, it's not him personally. He's not around anymore, you don't think. You never see him, do you? Mr Kipling himself. No, you don't, really. I used to love the voice over there. Yeah, that's right. And he had a fantastic voice. Did, yeah. Anyway, they're, 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 they're hitting America. Oh, they they're, really? they're going, they're going yeah, big. Yes, I don't know what they're going to make of the Bakewell slice, but there you go. Yeah, fantastic. It's going to be huge. They'll all be eating them soon. (laughs) Sounds good. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. 
Amazing. Rafiq will be joining us in the studio in a few moments' time. But before that, Andy, um, you have something from the World Cup. No, just I thought Martin Lipton's piece, I think we're going to chat to Martin about He's just done a sort of tour of all the stadia and everything. He has, yeah, yeah, he's been over there. Today he was talking about, we are going to chat to him tomorrow about the... What you can expect if you're looking to go to Qatar, he's, he's been doing a little bit of groundwork there. He's checked out the stadiums. He's looked at the fan experience and where people are going to stay. So, yeah, um, yeah. bit of and, a recce. Uh, he was talking about the the Zaim or leader drum set to be the sound of Qatar. A bit like he was saying, a bit like the Vuvuzela was in 2010. Right. So I looked. I couldn't find this. Now I looked it up online because I thought I would familiarise myself one, with it. Yeah. yeah. So I, I, if anybody's heard it or knows what it sounds like or tell us where we can get a sample of it I'd be quite interested to hear it's a drum you say well it's a drum yeah but I mean it's obviously some type of special drum I mean yeah. it can't just be a normal drum ok and, it and it's called what Andy a Zaim Zaim. Not from the halfway no, line. No, not from the halfway line. But maybe the Zaim player is on the halfway line. That's what, that's what they tend to do. No, I'll look out for that. I think we can stomach a drum, although not not everyone, not everybody has one. Okay. I mean, because that was the thing with the Vuvuzela, wasn't it? Thousands of this oh, sort of cacophony of bad. sound that was going on. So, oh, it ruined the World Cup for me. It wasn't a great World Cup, though, anyway. But, uh, <laughs> ruined. <laughs> the Vuvuzela ruined the World Cup. I have a feeling the next World Cup, from a football point of view, will be a lot better. Yeah, well, let's hope so. Well, that's what we keep thinking, isn't it? We mm. keep thinking because it's going to be November and the players are going to be fresher. They'll only have a yeah, sort that of... does apply to all the players. That doesn't yeah. just apply to English, but I've heard that theory sort of espoused. But, I mean, you know, same applies to the Italian, all the no, uh, no, I'm not saying yeah. we're we're going to give us an advantage. It should it just it, be a better World Cup. The football yeah, should football. be better yeah, because be. you know the guys Absolutely. are only a couple of months in. Yeah, you see, they're going to. I think they're going to keep playing League One and Two unless players, the teams are affected by World Cup call-ups. So they are still going to be playing League One and Two matches. What about National League? Oh, I think yeah. I, don't, I think they'll, they'll carry on regardless. They won't be affecting them. The England no will be in the final. John will be watching Torquay. The first day back, yeah. The first day back will be Boxing Fantastic. Day. You see that first day back for really, yeah. First day back Ooh. for Premier League and, and Championship football will be Boxing Day. It's going to skew the season, though. Let's be honest. You know, players will get injured. Players will be tired. Yeah. You know, it's going to it's going to be a strange season next year. No, absolutely. Yeah, we're going to see what happens. Need to win it while it's there. Still, it might play into Conte's hands. You don't know. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> I saw, I'm fascinated to yes. see how that goes. It's going to be a really interesting rest of the season at the top. Yeah, yeah. They haven't got a bad I, mean, I, I always hate saying things like they haven't got a bad run at the moment, but they got a few winnable games. Mm. So, um, you know, that's a, you just pin that on the dressing room wall now. Um, <laughs> so maybe that's the way they're feeling about it. So uh, there we are. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Paul Hawksby, Andy Jacobs here on TalkSport. In different circumstances, we could be chatting to our next guests uh, about uh, T20 World Cup he'd just been involved in and, and an Ashes to look forward to. But as he said yesterday uh, in his uh, evidence to the DCMS committee that uh, racism has effectively ruined his career. Uh, Azim Rafiq is with us. Azim, good afternoon. Good afternoon, guys. So it's been just over 24 hours since you, you you kind of were free to leave after you're giving your evidence to the DCMS. I mean, what sort of 24 hours has it been? Have people been reaching out to you? Has it generally been positive, the reaction to what you said? Yeah, look, uh, leaving there, I felt incredibly relieved. Um, a burden that I'd been carrying on my own for a long time. Uh, and it was, I think it was time that I shared that burden a little bit and... Uh, like shouting from the rooftops for the last 18 months and no one listening i felt like yesterday was a step towards people starting to listen um i've not really followed too much of um 
what the reaction has been, but I think generally what surprised me is how surprised people are. Mm. Um, if you ask any person of colour, they'll tell you they're not surprised at all. Uh, this has been happening for a very long time, especially at Yorkshire County Career Club. It, when we looked into it in detail, there is so much in the public domain. Imran Khan talking about it in 1999, MP Terry Rooney in 2004, but it's always been met with def- uh, defensive mentality and uh, closing of the ranks and people have not been able to push it through. But um, yeah, I was very determined to make sure that my voice was heard. Was it cathartic to finally have your say? It must have been. Yeah, look, it's, it was important. Um, there's a lot off my chest, uh, a lot of my chest that I need to get off. Um, and it was important for me to set a few records straight as well. Um, the, throughout the whole process, the club has tried to uh, discredit me, attack me personally, brief about me. Um, but look, I wasn't perfect, but nothing excuses racism. And arguably some of the behaviours that I spoke about yesterday um, are unacceptable. Uh, as someone who experienced a bit of this in my earlier work life, I, I understand why it took you so long to, to bring this up because it, when you're a young player, it's difficult, isn't it? Yeah, look, a couple of things. Young player wanting to play cricket to the highest level he can. Um, you know if you say anything, if you rock the boat as such, uh, you're going to be uh, perceived as a troublemaker. But actually, genuinely, I didn't even realise what was happening to me. I knew there was something not right. I started taking medication for uh, my mental health um, around the back, back end of my first spell, but I could not put a finger on what was going on. But it became very evident um, in 2017, 18, um, around the pregnancy and the loss of my son that uh, I'd been looking the other way and this constant little digs, constant little stuff had cut me open and uh, I was struggling. Mm. Some, of the, some of the names you mentioned in, in your witness statement and yesterday, um, one or two people have been reacting to that. Um, Tim Bresnan has apologised for uh, bullying, uh, saying there was no racist aspect to that. Um, we've also had uh, David Lloyd apologising. You mentioned him yesterday. I mean, when Matthew Hoggard reached out to you and apologised, you said you accepted his apology. How, how do you view the other apologies and the other um, sort of statements that have been issued since. Yeah, look, Hoggy reached out when it, when there wasn't a threat of it being in the public domain, uh, and I admire him for that, and I accept his apology deep, and I thank him for that because the next morning uh, after I spoke out, it made a real difference that someone did. Um, obviously, David reached out yesterday, and again, I made it very clear to him what he said was unacceptable. Um, for someone who doesn't even know me, for him to say those things meant that it must have come from somewhere else. And he told me that he'd been briefed from someone uh, close to the club. So I accepted his apology. And uh, look, from the offset, all I've said is I want an apology, an acceptance, and a couple of people to answer why. Why did they feel that it was right? Why did Martin Moxon feel that my first day back after the loss of my son, that Ripping, literally getting him, me in a room and ripping the shreds off me was the right thing to do. Mm. Not good. The, the the expression, the only thing necessary for the triumph of evil is for good men to do nothing. You described Joe Root as a good man, so should he have called this out? Yeah, like I said, look, Root is a good man. Uh, he never engaged in it, but um, to suggest that he, uh, he wasn't present um, would be wrong. Uh, and it just shows how bad that environment and that culture and that institution was, that it was such a norm that um, no one thought to go, hold on a minute, 
this has got to stop. Um, and it just shows how far we've got to go when good men are looking the other way. After you gave your evidence, uh, Roger Outen, the former Yorkshire chairman, and Tom Harrison from the ECB, the chief executive, gave theirs. You've not had a chance to react to that. I mean, especially Tom Harrison's appearance, uh, if you look at any of the newspapers today, I mean, Oliver Brown, for example, chief sports writer, Harrison's corporate cliches prove he is unfit for purpose. I don't think it probably was his finest hour. How did you view it? Um, Just that, corporate. Um, I just feel like these guys have lost the human touch. I don't think they re- they get it, and that's a real worry. Um, I've heard a lot of stuff since last year about how serious they are and how serious everyone is. <sighs> Through my experience in the last 18 months, I don't think anyone cares. And I think it's only now that the sponsors started leaving and the politicians started becoming interested mm-hmm. that they've, had, they've been left with no option but to uh, intervene. Um, so I think... Just that, I think too much of the corporate rubbish uh, PR initiatives and trying to tell everyone how much they care, but the actions don't match that. They want to say they want to work with you to, to, to make things change. They've talked about whistleblowers' hotlines. I mean, are you happy to engage with them? Do you want to be part of that process? Look, I think uh, the whistleblower hotline seems like a good step in the right direction. Um, what it does is it listens to a lot of people who have suffered abuse uh, hears them and then supports them, which I think has got to be the first thing. There's, there seems to be this massive rush to move forward. Got to deal with uh, the present and the past before we start to move forward and actually realise how big this problem is. I've heard over a thousand people have mm. come forward to the commission. So, um, And then, look, in terms of myself, a lot of people are really fearful of speaking out. Um, clearly, I'm not and. I think I can make a big difference uh, by challenging them and pushing them in the right direction. Um, Whether I become involved formally or not, they would have to take me as I am, which if things are wrong, I would call it out. Yeah. One of the tragedies of this is that you've had to give up cricket completely. It's so sad. You're 30. I was looking at your figures. Your T20 bowling figures are great. I mean, do you think you'll ever be in a position to go and play franchise cricket? Have you been so burnt by this that you you wouldn't go and... There are leagues all over the world. I mean, a a guy as good as you presumably would be in demand. Look, oh, thanks. I didn't really want to... I've tried to avoid talking about my cricket, um, but I think my T20 and my one-day stats speak for themselves. Um... I don't really know. Uh, you never say never, but I just feel like I'm so broken and I need to heal. Mm. Uh, and I think my family needs me. Um, and I th- that's the most important thing to me right now. But look, as you say, I'm only 30 and never say never. Yeah. Have you had a chance to look at any social media? I don't think I would, actually. But, I mean, have, yeah. you, have you done that in the past 24 hours? Uh, bits and bobs. Um, uh, but it's just... I mean, majority has been so positive, it's been overwhelming. Um, yeah, bits and bobs, but I think once I get in the car on the way home, um, I'll sort of, might start to dawn on me actually how big this has got. And does that make you feel uh, that this is, a, this is a kind of catalyst for change? If you look at the reaction that you've had, maybe from other people in the game, that we've already seen two or three other players willing to speak up, saying you've been an inspiration from that point of view. Does it fill you with a bit more optimism? Um, I think we've got hope there uh, and I think it's important that um, it's not just an outrage for a couple of weeks and Mm. then everyone goes back to the normal self um, and I feel a sense of responsibility there to make sure that that doesn't happen, Um, whether it ends up getting the change that we all want, 
Um, I think that's something we'll have to judge in a few years' time because it's got to be organic change. Uh, tokenism is not going to solve this problem, actually. I think it's been putting us back for a long time. Yeah. Uh, if I see a, a PR thing from the ECB or Yorkshire or the PCAs have employed someone of colour um, in the next week or so, uh, that will be the same as what they've been doing for a very long time to tell everyone how great things are. And I think the mirror has been shown yesterday. Yeah. One of the shocking things, sorry, Paul, that I I found was this revelation about the word Kevin. I'd never heard this expression. I'd never heard anything like this. That's pretty horrible, isn't it? Yeah, look, it was just used um, by Gary as a derogatory term for uh, every person of colour. I don't know the background meaning to it either, but it was done all the time, and, and yeah, it was just horrible. Um. What did your family make of the appearance uh, yesterday? As in, with uh, your folks and your your dad, what did what did they make of your appearance yesterday? Because I mean, it must be incredibly tough for you. It was nearly two hours in a pressurised situation, as you said, uh, something you've wanted to get off your chest for a long time. Yeah, look, I didn't actually feel pressurised in there. Um, I, I didn't take any notes or anything because I could literally relive that moment and how it made me feel uh, because it's still so raw. Um, yeah, I spoke to my dad and my wife last night. They were just incredibly proud um, that um, what I did yesterday is hopefully going to change um, sport, cricket, and hopefully society and put it back in the right direction. Yeah. And do you, do you hope that this is... I mean, you, you talked yesterday about the drop-off uh, from recreational cricket with South Asians to the professional ranks. I mean, across the board, but certainly with Yorkshire. quite percentages shocking. were staggering. So, I mean, do you hope now that you've given some hope to those kids? I know some have reached out to you and you've heard some fairly horrific stories of things that are still going on, but do you like to think they'll look at things differently after yesterday and, and it can make a, a change? I think what it'll do yesterday on both sides, um, one, it'll show... The perpetrators that this is not acceptable and it's going to there's going to be accountability and that's where the leaders have got to make sure that these people are held accountable um and i think on um the victim side it's going to show right if i speak out i'm my voice is going to be heard there's someone there i can contact it will stand with me and i will do that because i know how on my own i was left through this whole process mm-hmm. um i've been incredibly lucky to have um, a few people that have helped me throughout it but on a on a whole, um, I was left on my own from every angle. Yeah, I understand. Your dad said he was more proud of you yesterday than any time during your cricket <laughs> career. Yeah, uh, he did, and he said, "You know what? That's bigger than anything what you've done today." And yeah, I'm I'm, I'm glad I've made him proud. Yeah, and if one thing comes out of it, let's say we never hear the word banter used to justify this because it's so poor. Yeah, I'm yeah I'm sick of that word to yeah, be honest. Me too. Um, uh, and the. The worrying part of it was the panel that came to that conclusion had people of colour on there, uh, a big employment lawyer, uh, a, a highly respected surgeon, and um, Mesba Ahmed, who's CEO of London Tigers and uh, an award-winning community organisation. And he did an article like the day after standing by that finding. It just shows how big the problem is. Yeah. I mean, just one final question. You, you've you've been the catalyst for this. You, you know, you were prepared to stand up and say this, but do you want to carry it forward? Or as you were just saying, you know, you have been burnt by this. It has been emotionally tough. You need some time with your family. So are you going to be actively involved? Or are you going to sort of step away, you think, now from this and what, let the process happen and keep an eye on it? Um, I think I'll have a few days with the family, maybe a week or two. Um, but 
I'm not prepared to let this go. I think if genuinely I I just feel like if I if I went into the background these guys will go back to their normal way. Um and I don't think as a society we can allow that anymore. We're in 2021 for God's sakes. Yeah. It's absolutely true. Was, uh, it, 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 some of the stuff that was being said, you'd be shocked in the 70s, let alone now. So. Absolutely. Think, um, Hopefully the select committee have done cricket a favour, you know, because all of us that love cricket don't want to see this ever again. I, I really think if the cricket sees it for what it is, it's a massive opportunity to lead on this. Um, and I, th- I thank the politicians. I, I really do think that they've done cricket and Yorkshire cricket uh, a favour and given them an opportunity to get it right. Yeah, we wish you well. We'd love to see you back coaching. We know you've done your badges and that's an option for you, or even playing, as Andy said. So uh, lovely to meet you and uh, all the very best in the future. Thanks, Sam. Thanks very Thank much. You. Cheers, guys. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Good afternoon, Paul Hawksby and Andy Jacobs here on TalkSport. We're off to Rio to chat to Tim Vickery a little bit later on. Rob Harris joins us to look at some of the big stories of the day too. We'll have a Paddy's Challenge. But before that, uh, we're joined in the studio by actors Dan Skinner and Simon Lipkin. They're in uh, Brian and Roger at the Menier Chocolate Factory just off of uh, London Bridge. Uh, a nice know. space. Yeah, nice space. Nice space. Nice space. Nice um, good afternoon, guys. Good, <laughs> good to afternoon. see you. Good afternoon. Lovely to be here. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Brian and Roger was uh, is the play, and um, it's a successful podcast that I've really got, and a really funny podcast. Oh, and thanks. Yeah, it's great. No, it's great. <laughs> they are great. They're just... They're, it's probably worth Dan, Dan kicking off and explaining yeah. the relationship between Brian, Roger, and how, how the podcast works and how that's fed into the play. Well, the podcast is about... It's, it's sort of a curious podcast because it is, it's a narrative 20-minute podcast and it's like a little sitcom mm. and it's between these two men, um, Brian and Roger, obviously, and the whole thing takes place over voicemail messages. So they just leave messages for each other and the stories plays out over, that, over those messages that they leave each other. And they're both divorced men. One of them's very, very vulnerable, wants to get back with his wife. That's Roger. That's me. Mm. And Brian is not bothered about the fact that he's left his marriage behind, got the blinkers on, wants to move forward. Um, he's got big business ideas that yeah. are just completely ridiculous. And he's a bit of a predator, <laughs> sort of a sociopath, essentially. Yeah. <laughs> and he preys on Roger. And Roger, who has n- no one apart from Brian, you know, clings hold of this toxic friendship. Like, it's the only thing he's got, like a raft, you yeah. know? Um, and it's just... It's just a twenty minutes of exploitation. Well, <laughs> <laughs> so the, pro- the process of moving from a podcast to a play was that tricky. Um, it was no, it wasn't tricky. I mean, it was if I if 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 it had been up to Harry and I, it would have been tricky. But mm. David, who runs the Menier, came to us and said this would make a very good play. And um, explained to us, you know, the, you know, there's a theatrical di- device where you know you you talk about the action that's that's happened off stage, um, and we're like, oh, okay, brilliant. Mm. Um, and so it was just our task, literally, to write the script, and then David would make you know all the visuals and all the you know the staging, and everything happen. Um, and so in terms of just taking a story, you know, and turning it from a 20 minute podcast into what is now a two-hour show? Oh. It was just how big could we get? You know, yeah. that was the that was the you know that was the challenge. And, and David, um, who runs the Menier and is the director, said to us, "Just make it epic. 
make mm. it make it you know make it as big as you can and we were like okay wow. <laughs> so we go across the world and we get up to all sorts of curious <laughs> things yeah. yeah that's the thing about it it is surreal and uh, you mentioned yeah. harry that's harry peacock who people probably know best as ray purchase from toast yeah. in london he is in all of the podcasts he's written and performed those with you mm. but he was taken ill uh, just before the the run started at the theater yeah. which meant simon you had to step up yeah and learn two hours of dialogue yeah i mean really it's just two of you on stage for two hours and how many days did you have i had, i think six days i had to wow. learn it. so i got a, i got a panic phone call from uh david saying are you free um and i was i was i was on something else i said i can be there wednesday mm. and so i jumped in i think we counted it's it's something like 43 monologues 700 and something lines and <sighs> yeah but we did it didn't we Mate, honestly i i simon's just been Utterly extraordinary. I don't think we could have found anyone else to do it, frankly. You know, anyone who was available. We couldn't find anyone else who was no, available like, to I, do I, it. I, there, there probably were other people available, but they probably just took one look at it and go, absolutely no way. Are you yeah. nuts? Yeah. But Simon, luckily, is crazy. Yeah, I've got no so, self esteem or dignity. <laughs> yeah. So, just so he just not. jumped straight in and said, yeah, we'll give it a go. You Had know? you listened to the podcast before? Were you aware of it? I'd listened to a bit. I've got um, a couple of mates who were like diehard fans. Yeah. So um, I was very aware of it and had, and had listened to a couple of episodes here and there. And it was so funny. And which which made it, in all honesty, yeah. like intimidating to get in there. And especially like, I know Dan and Harry's work and they're both so brilliant. And it's, and it's something that I think started with you guys being mates and these characters. But Dan was, Dan was amazing. And we sort of sat and chatted and he said, well, this is, and Harry as well, who, who I chatted to a bit and just said, well, it's got to be your version of it. And so it's, I think it, the character's the same man, but it's sort yeah. of my take on it, and which is the only way you can do it. And yeah, but crucially, the dynamic is the same yeah. between yeah. between the two characters, and the the same jobs happen. You know, the, the same the, the laughs are in the same place, yeah. and Simon brings all the funny stuff to yeah. Brian that the Harry brought brings in the podcast. And so. they are, I mean, they're just so many of the scenarios. Some of them are kind of, you know, fairly, you know, uh, what's the word? Mundane. And, yeah, <laughs> no, some of them are quite mundane scenarios that yeah. you yeah. bring to life because of the characters. But some of them are very surreal. Yeah. I mean, you get some very surreal um, situations that the pair of them find themselves in through these. Well, the, one, the other the other question is, of course, why does it, no, neither of them ever answer their phone? Yeah. Well, I don't, I don't, I, I, that was the thing, is like, I, I rarely answer my phone nowadays. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if someone leaves a message, I just, I just, and if it's from a certain person, I go, oh, I'll let that go to voicemail. Yeah, and it's just easier to tell the story. Yeah. It's just a purely, you know, it's just a rule we set up. And, and you've got these bit part characters like the uh, Anne, the woman yeah. in her eighties yeah. that you currently live with, live with and, and we, we haven't quite got a handle on what that relationship is, but no. it clearly, well, we explore that in the play. Yeah. Brian is, uh, he has a handle on, but Brian. it's a two hander, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. just yeah. the two. So you, don't, yeah. you, you're, yeah. you hear about these characters, mm. you hear about Brian's kind of kids and all these and the wives, but yeah. you never meet yeah. them. It's all no. told through your eyes. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So they're all, and it's the same in the play you, you know there's, a, there's there's Anne that um Roger lives with there's the IT students that Brian now lives with mm, yeah. and it's the ex-wives Claire and Linda, Linda 
and, and then, my and the kids, kids yeah. Jamie and yeah. his Laszlo. Gavin and Lucy and Laszlo yeah. Brian's mysterious business partner the Silk Route Autobahn the Autobahn on the Silk Route yeah. with quite a yeah. lot of hooky yeah. Eastern <laughs> European yeah. exactly that <laughs> we'll do it by hook or by crook we'll yeah. do yeah. it we'll do it yeah so that that is explored in the play yeah so you know we just we just made it as big as we as big as we possibly can the characters really easy to get into I mean I, I listened to a couple and I was kind of hooked and I, I think oh, people great. kind of find yeah. that because mm. you get into and you kind of know what kind of scrapes they're going to get I mean so I say to say they're surreal while I'm just currently on at the moment where um, I think Brian has decided that he wants to buy the rights to the Max Bygrave song Pink Toothbrush yeah. I mean, it's just, <laughs> that's just that's ridiculous but, it is. You know, but he goes to extraordinary lengths to get it yeah. that's, yeah. that's yeah. you know that's the that's what's interesting and funny about Brian is his commitment to yeah. these things he's like I want this I'm getting it and I'll get it in any way that I can Yeah, and but, he's you know, utterly selfish mm. and I think the joyous bit about the play though is that like I, I wasn't I knew about the podcast but I wasn't like that aware and mm. a lot of mates that have then come to see the play who maybe didn't know it you don't have to know it to watch the play yeah, and get in by, by, by two or three speeches in you know the characters they're so clear in that kind of sitcom style you learn them within within minutes yeah. and so you can get on board so I don't think you have to have listened no, to the podcast no. to yeah. get the most out of the play if anything it might be quite a fun way to yeah. To, to dive in, yeah, yeah. yeah, you've yeah. got fantastic. an introduction in that marvelous way. Do you get people in the theatre saying, Oh, Angelus? Oh, god, <laughs> yes. um, <I> sometimes <laughs> yeah, afterwards. Plastic bag. We, we yes. did have some uh, Brian and Roger fans in last night, oh, right. and and that can be that can be that can throw an audience as well because they're sort of laughing at all these references that other people are just going, What are they, what are they yeah, laughing yeah. You know, you know, and that can sort of people are going, people can people become uncomfortable, but most of the time it's it's just you know. The audience all start afresh, all laugh at the same place, and yeah. you know, and they all go on the journey together. I love the fact the first time you ever came and saw us, Dan, you, you we saw you outside as Dan, as you are now. And then when you came into the studio, you said, Look, I can't do it without the bag and the coat, I, have, <laughs> I, can't, I can't inhabit it. Was, yeah, yeah, it yeah. And, then, and then you, yeah, yeah, yeah you to put the gear on. and you still do the podcast with, uh, with Barry, 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 yeah, from yeah, Watford, yeah, yeah. Well, he's he's off doing um Clinton Baptiste at the moment, oh, so right. he's, okay, yeah, he's around sure. the country, so and I'm doing we, Play. He's good, isn't he? Oh, he's brilliant. Very he's clever. brilliant fun. Um, yeah, so we're having a. We, we don't have breaks from uh, from Barry and Angelus. We just literally have to do it whenever we can sort of find the time. Yeah. So we're always knocking around somewhere. We're going to drop one in at some point. But. So you're, th- th- this little run around here at the uh, Many A Chocolate, how yeah. long have you got left uh, on that run? About yeah, four yeah, weeks. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, we finish yeah. on the 18th of December. Yeah. So yeah, we've got exactly. another, another sort of, what is that, four weeks? Four weeks. Yeah. Something yeah. like that. Yeah. Straight into yeah. Panto after that. Straight into bed after that. Bed, yeah. <laughs> And uh, it's a chance of maybe taking it sort of elsewhere. Uh, always a chance. Yeah. Always a chance. We'll just have to see how we get on, see what, you know, see what happens and then see where else we end up. That, I mean, that'll be up to David and the Menier and, you know, whatever they yeah. want to do afterwards. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, happy to do whatever. Excellent. Brilliant. Well, um, people can find the podcast wherever they usually find their podcast. Yes. Brian and Roger, they're great fun. As he said, you get into the characters. Uh, really uh, easily, and uh, they do get in some good, good nice strikes. prices as well. You know, not the normal West End. No, well, it's not. No. A, it's not yeah. a West End theatre. It's it's a uh, you know what would you it's call it? It's so beautiful. I mean, it's it's the mixing room at the Many A Chocolate Factory. So it's their brand new space. It's like I think it's something like 160 seats, 150 mm. seats. Yeah. And the set design's amazing because you're just in this room with them. Yeah. And having done a lot of big theatres, having done you know the Palladiums and mm. all of that. 
there's something special about being in a room like that yeah. for comedy. It's good for comedy. It's, yeah. yeah, it's, it's a good Everyone's Well, we other. wish you well of it, guys. Thank and uh, much, guys. lovely Thanks to see us. you. Dan Skinner and Simon Lipkin there in uh, Brian and Roger, a highly offensive play. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not really. No, it's not no. Really. <laughs> At the Many A uh, Chocolate Factory in London, if, if you're around uh, trying to pick up something. Yeah, we should wish Harry Peacock well as well. Yeah, we should. We do. Indeed, I do every day. Yeah. And you have some more plans to do uh, podcasts as well? Is... Oh, yeah. We've got, yeah. we've got six more. I think we've got another series in the can. Oh, excellent. So, yeah. Okay. Don't worry Brilliant. about that. Good to see you. Thanks yeah. very much. Thank you for having us. Thank, Thank you. you. Okay. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Now, Andy, on Monday, we yes. spoke to Michael Johnson, the St. Albans City goalkeeper. That's Do right. you remember? Oh, yes. Um, and Chelsea Dave got in touch. He gave us the kind of the details. He followed up the story. He said, guys, I thought you might be following me up today. So... It's good of you to do that, Chelsea Dave. Thank you. So I've looked into it in a bit more detail. And the problem was that Michael um, had had this fantastic cup win, of course, against Forest Green. Got uh, Boreham Wood next week in the in the FA Cup. And his uh, lucky towel, his Inter Milan towel that he kept in the goal mouth, had gone. Somebody had picked it up in all the mayhem. It's a, it's a bit of a souvenir of their fantastic cup win. And had taken it. So he put a request out on our show to get it back because they'd gone on a fantastic run and he was really worried that that could end if he didn't um, mm. take it into the next game against uh, Dulwich Hamlet last night. So, Andy, they did play Dulwich Hamlet last night. Do you know what happened? No, I was going to ask you, did he get the towel back? If he didn't, did they win? He didn't get the towel back. Uh, they went into the game unbeaten in 15 games without the towel. Uh, after 23 minutes, Michael picked up uh, a hamstring injury and had oh, to go no. off. Oh, for goodness sake. And substitute goalkeeper went in and they lost 4 3. Oh, give that towel back, for Come goodness on. sake. Whichever St Albans fan has got it, that's enough now. You're on a 15. These things matter. He's not only. He cost the team. They've not only lost, he's got injured to boot. So, um, yeah. So, Chelsea Dave, thank you for filling us in on that. But they desperately do need. If you've got it, come on, give it a wash. Send it back to Michael. And hopefully, if he's back soon, they can get back to winning, especially before the cup game. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Well, there we are. That was this afternooh's show. Uh, I'm back with Charlie tomorrow, though. Char- uh, Andy, you'll be here for the birthday special. Bread. Yes, have I you will. got some gold for us? Uh, it's well. <laughs> <laughs> no. Let's not call it. Let's gold. be honest. No. So uh, if you can join us at one great, if not the uh, the podcast available around four o'clock. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between one and four p.m. on Talksport. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.